if you have a very nice roadmap and if you do not communicate that, it doesn't help anybody. Right. So communication is a key element here, both inside the organization and also to, towards, let's say, other, other people here. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofian Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well and having a great week. I've got a, a guest today that has been with us before. Sven Schimpf, he kind of has a dual role. He's the managing director of the Fraunhofer Group for Innovation Research. And he's also with the four-time University of Applied Sciences, where he's doing a lot of research and and education and training and mentoring, just a whole bunch of different things. Last time Sven was on, we were talking about the changes in innovation, the way people were working coming out of in the pandemic and then coming out of the pandemic. But one of the other things that I've known Sven for is his involvement with studying road mapping. And we're going to talk about that today. Sven, welcome to the show. Hello, Paul. I should say welcome back to the show because it's you've been here before, but really glad you could join us again. Remind the listeners where in the world you are talking to us from. I'm talking to you from Stuttgart, which is in Germany, a small town where a lot of cars are produced. It's well known for Daimler, where we have the factory here, and also Porsche is nearby. And we are always competing in between Bavaria and Baden-Württemberg, yeah. uh, Stuttgart versus Munich. So this is also something to know here. It's an exciting area. And Sven, did I, when I introduced you and talked about your kind of what you do and where you are, that was based on some old knowledge from last time. Did I get that correct or did I miss something there? No, perfectly fine. I have this dual role. So I'm representing six institutes of the 76 institutes from the Fraunhofer Society those institutes who are doing innovation research. And I'm director of the Institute for Human Engineering and Empathic Design at the Pforzheim University. So that is still the case. And I'm trying to do a lot of interesting things here, still working on the future of innovation also. But recently, we finalized an update of our roadmapping field study. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, let's talk about roadmapping. You know, I... I... I have a strange experience when I talk to people, when I use the term road mapping, they immediately think road map. And if you're talking to a, a, a product manager for a software application, their road map is their product roadmap, right? The features they're going to have. In fact, some of them have told me they don't even do it with respect to time. Making a commitment on time is, is a bit too far. They, they kind of go with a now, next, later kind of categorization. And that's not, and so for a while I would meet these people and we would both be totally confused because I was talking about road mapping from a corporate standpoint where you have a lot of different products, technologies, market, things like that. And it's all has to be aligned and coordinated and come together. And it's, 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 it's a much different process. In fact, you need a process around it. So when we talk road mapping, Sven, just those kind of two perspectives, can you kind of share your perspective on that? Yes, I, I will try to, but this is a heavy question for, yeah. the, for the start. So <laughs> um, 
our our understanding here is that or what we understand as a roadmap is a visualization first and it's finally a visualization of time-based pathways into the future not all pathways but mainly the pathways to reach strategic goals so you should have a goal and then you can let's say integrate different functions different organizational areas into this planning for discussion for communication and finally for integrated strategic planning speaking here about the dimensions that you also already mentioned which is most often technology products and markets but also can involve competencies strengths and all other factors yeah. that are relevant for future success yeah that is that is the way our company defines road mapping as well we talk with a lot of customers of our own automotive material products aerospace uh, these are these are organizations that really depend on the roadmap to make sure that they're they're really aligned because this visualization gives them a chance to understand the constraints right and the the areas of risk where something might change then then what's impacted what's involved and i i like your definition i like your word pathways that's a really good one um, yet it's from from our perspective it's it's very similar to a navigational map so yeah. you pick out your goal, your long-term objective, and then you can compare different pathways to get to this goal. And based on these pathways, you, you have to select the mediums, the finally in companies, not modes of transportation, but it's similar to that. So there are different pathways where you have need different resources, different competencies, different technologies. Yeah. And it helps to make good decisions on these factors that are involved in these pathways that enable you to reach strategic goals. Yeah, that's a good definition of it. Well, Sven, this road mapping study, the first one was done in 2015, and now you've you've updated it. And I, I believe there are several partners involved in doing that work. Can you tell us who's, uh, besides yourself and Fraunhofer, who else is involved in it? Yes, and this is a point where I'm very happy about the update and the development during the update, because we started this initiative being two of us, two of the authors that are now involved, Thomas Abele, who is working for Tim Consulting, a small company, and at the same time is a professor for a university in Germany, from University of Applied Sciences. And being in, in regular contact here with some of the key players on a global level, we try to extend that and get other people involved. So this time we have among the authors, we have also Robert Fahl from the Institute for Manu Manufacturing in Cambridge, one of the most recognized experts in road mapping, I would say. Yeah. And then we, we have another person involved this time, which is Olivier de Beck, who is working for the MIT. Very much with a space and or aerospace background, mm -hmm. but he just published this year a very nice book on technology road mapping, explaining a lot of the factors that are helping companies for successful technology management overall under wow. the terminology of technology roadmap. So it's wow. the, the content of the book goes far uh, wider than specification that i just gave just yeah to... that's i'll have to look for that that sounds interesting i'll have to uh 
And among the reviewers of our study is another person, Tugrul Daim, so from Portland University. So we have a lot of experts now involved in this activity, and it's a very nice collective exercise here to find out more about how organizations use road mapping. Yeah. I'm glad it I'm glad it has expanded. It's getting more and more attention, more and more maturing, I think. A lot of companies are much more doing it now than at least from our experience that we're doing it 20 years ago. So different industries trying to get into it and learning from what other industries have done. So yeah, so let's let's talk about the study. What how would you uh want to begin talking about it? What's the best way? I think I would like to start with the initial question because we were at a situation speaking to a lot of companies about strategic planning and about road mapping. And there was one situation that we experienced quite quite often, which is asking organizations and companies if they use road mapping. The standard answer was yes, and but the next point was asking about what levels are covered in road mapping and what kind of visualization they use. And then it became clear that there are completely different understandings existing yeah. on road mapping itself. Yeah. There we thought, okay, we need to analyze in depth how companies really use road mapping or how organizations, not only companies, but also research organizations or public administrations use road mapping. And there we came up with, with a basic structure here for road mapping to find or to answer this question, which is first about what content roadmaps are used for, how they are integrated in different kinds of organizations, and then what information sources, what additional tools and methods are used to complement road mapping. So these are the three areas that we set up for the first version of the study. And we used this structure again for the update, extended it slightly related to developments that we see at the moment, like automatic data analysis is something we integrated. And we went into further detail concerning the methods and tools, like asking especially how maturity models are used or portfolios are used in the context of road mapping. Yeah. And so did the type of companies that you were talking to, did that increase or decrease or did the mix change by industry between the two studies? Overall, we got a lot of producing companies involved mm -hmm. and to a major part, let's say not the very small companies, but rather medium and large companies. And this didn't change much. The number of respondents changed. So in the first version of the study, we had around 80 participants of the study. In this version, we had almost 200 participants wow. okay. where we could use the results. So overall participants, something like 480, I think, but we tried or we, we tried to use as many answers as possible, but were restricted here to our, according to our methods. Mm -hmm. And finally, we were able to use 190 sets of answers in, in our study. I think it is the best, most comprehensive study. I don't know of another one that exists out there that's of that scale. A lot of individual small studies, but I've not seen any one of that scale. So congratulations. That's, that's a good number. So what would what would you say the big the big learnings were, the big 
things that you've discovered during the study? Yeah, I will try to summarize and pick out some points. The study is easily available if you it use is. any search engine and type in road mapping field study 2023. You should find it. It's available via the RISE platforms and the Fraunhofer publication database, Fraunhofer Publica, for example. Starting here, let's say, with the area of application and the content, it was confirmation this time again, which is kind of surprised us because we see a trend here that, that production technologies very much influence strategies and also the products that are existing. We found out that the key focus of companies, of organizations, is still in technology and product service planning and rather less in production planning. This was a kind of confirmation of the results from the study in 2015. I think there's a huge potential because finally, in, in the long run, production technologies, there are a lot of things happening there and they are enabling very much on the development of the next or the generation after this generation of products and services. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you went into processes and methodologies and methods in a lot of different aspects, didn't you? Yeah, looking looking at the methods and information sources here, the, the information sources used by participating organizations, they are very market-oriented, which is a very positive sign because this is into the direction of user-centered strategic planning, market-centered strategic planning. On the other hand, we, we had a slight mismatch here that we identified because asking for the responsibility in a major part share of organizations participating in the study, the responsibility for road mapping was in the area of technology and innovation management. And let's say only, only few companies allocated responsibilities, for example, to product management or to the sales department here. Yeah. So we have a lot of information sources coming from the market side, but we have only few companies having the responsibility for road mapping allocated to the market-oriented functions in the organization. Mm -hmm. This was a surprising point here, and I think this is something to think about. My my assumption is that road mapping is very very much coming from the technology side. So it was initially used for the planning mainly of technologies and it's but it's developing more and more into a tool for integrated strategic planning and so this is something where i would say certain potential for improvement exists inside of organizations this leads me to i mean we also asked for best practices and so on so and one key aspect that that was mentioned by very many participants was the commitment, the involvement of stakeholders. And I think this goes along here with the distribution of responsibilities and yeah, other ways of, of integration of people into the road mapping process. It'll be interesting to see and continue to see how things evolve. I, I find it surprising as well that the marketing involvement was not as strong as as I would have expected it to be. And I think that talk with a lot of companies that are in a transition from 
what I would call a technology push type of company where they have a technology, they're going to push it out to the market and, and trying to transform into like a market pull organization. They, they really want to understand what their market needs and then, and then try to fulfill market needs. And that may cause things to, to shift in the future to maybe include some of these other groups. I always like to share a story I have. I visited one of our customers who was doing road mapping and they make a product that they're kind of in the middle. They make component that's used in a very large product. And to make that component, it's actually a, an O-ring, a seal. They need to acquire chemicals. And so I look at their roadmap and they're guessing at what their customers will need, what type of capabilities, what type of sealing type of things their customers will need. And they're guessing at what the chemical company is going to have available in terms of new new capabilities, new technologies. And there they are right in the middle. And I looked at their, their map and one of their customers is one of our customers. One of their suppliers is one of our customers. And I know that both of those organizations have roadmaps as well. And everybody's guessing what the other one needs, but it did lead towards trying to meet meet the needs of a market as opposed to trying to do internal development and push it out. But I thought that was that's always an interesting story of this. There's still, I think, a great opportunity one of these days out there to to broker that conversation from a road mapping standpoint. Did you see anything like that in your study? In the study, not directly because we focused very much on the, organi the organizations themselves. But in my experience, it's very much the case that in large companies, roadmaps are mainly used to enhance communication between different departments, functions, or organizational levels. In small companies, on the other side, it's used very much as a communication tool with suppliers, customers, especially in the business-to-business -business environment, because you can, you can take out parts of a roadmap, discuss this with, let's say, your customers or suppliers or other stakeholders of an organization and create transparency and on plannings, on future trends and so on. And finally, enhance the, the effectiveness of your strategic planning process. Yeah. You know, I was, I just remembered reading through the study and looking at process. I was thinking coming from the standpoint of, of processes to, to do the road mapping. And I think, as I recall, there was a strong process to put things into the roadmap, to manage change of the roadmap but no real process to take things out of the roadmap. And for me, for me, that was kind of a surprise as well. But I think it was stated that the, the alternative is just to have the, the data to make that decision to take it out, but not have process. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, we very much focused here on how to bring the information in a roadmap together, because at the moment we see, see that as one of the key challenges. But I, I completely agree that if you have a very nice roadmap and if you do not communicate that, it doesn't help anybody. Right. So communication is a key element here, both inside the organization and also to, towards, let's say, other, other people here. Yeah. It's even, there are examples of companies using parts of the roadmap to communicate those 
to public bodies like funding bodies and so on, where they large companies say, okay, these are areas where we would like to collaborate with research organizations, with other companies, which are not the core of our competitive environment. And there are no limits here for, for using roadmaps or parts of a roadmap. Yeah, I, I agree. And what I really like when you start to use good roadmapping technology tooling is you can do things like have parts of your roadmap be internally and parts of your roadmap be external. And if you try to do that with Excel and PowerPoint, it just becomes too hard. But once you've kind of moved beyond and get into some good tooling, you can do that. And you can say, okay, these things that we're going to keep, we're not going to let the public know about. But these other things is is how we're going to let people know what we're doing. And and I think that that helps people working in roadmapping be more comfortable with sharing data outside their, their companies because that was always the the first thing I would I would get the first reaction when I would say wouldn't you want to share your roadmap with your customers the answer is almost immediately no no because it's too much proprietary or too much at risk too much of a commitment they may don't feel comfortable making that commitment to say that on the 1st of January in 2025, we're going to have this product ready, right? They would rather have it a little less specific. Yeah, I mean, this is even the case if you speak to companies, if you speak to an R&D department where you get the response that, no, we don't want to communicate this to our sales department because it's still isn't mature enough and if we communicate it now they will directly sell it to our uh, sell it to our customers yeah. and from my perspective yes you spoke about tools and we also asked our question here about if companies organizations are using dedicated road mapping software like Sophion, for example and this is this is always a little bit struggling we yeah. still have a major part here of participating organizations using standard office software for their road mapping processes which is a good starting point yeah. but still if especially on a on a decentralized level you try to update documents it might create a hell of a mess we saw companies having let's say a kind of more than 200 PowerPoint presentations to to bring their roadmap together. Yeah. I would question if this is the best or most efficient approach. On the other hand, we, we have a growing number of organizations using like PDM, PLM software or mm -hmm. ERP software, which is partly overlapping here with portfolio management and strategic planning. So this might be a slightly positive sign, but I think there's a huge potential for further improvement in this area in making, let's say, the digital processes more efficient in companies and organizations. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on a study, something we missed or you wish we had talked about? Like you said, it is available. We'll make sure that we put links in the show notes so people can get, go right to it. I know it's available in German, it's available in English. I don't know if it's other languages, but you told us how to search for it, but we'll make sure people can get it. But was there anything else that you wanted to say about it? Yeah, to, to end up, I mean, there was one more recommendation that I really liked here in, in the update of the study. And many participants said that what you really have to avoid in road mapping 
is to have too many details in mm. your roadmap. This is a little bit contradiction, contradicting something that we we ended up saying in, in one of our roadmapping workshops that, I mean, the vision would be to have the holistic roadmap to to cover all potential risks. And there, I think we, we have to meet somewhere into in between a practical approach, let's say, making roadmaps manageable, reducing the amount of complexity, complexity and making it also ready for communication. Because if you have too, too many details in a roadmap, I guess that in organizations, nobody would care about those. I have to agree, and I put some of that burden on companies like our company that make the road mapping software. You know, we have to continually make it easier for companies to maintain the data. We have to make it easier for them to view the data and take out some of the aspects that are maybe less important. Because if you if you look at some of the roadmaps that we've seen, if you look at the roadmap in totality, it's just so much stuff and so many lines and so many, you can't follow anything, right? So the question is, how can you consume that? And is the printed or the PowerPoint version representation the right way? Or do we need better user experiences to explore and understand the roadmap? And I think as we, as we get more of those, will be easier to bring more in and, and go down into more detail. But I, I totally understand what the respondents say. Too much detail is too much to maintain and you can't you can't learn anything from it because it's it's too much, right? I'm glad you mentioned that. I think this is a good objective to have and it's also let's say it's it's what we wanted to achieve somehow with this study to have both let's say a checklist for companies, organizations to see where they can improve. But also, let's have insights for academics, for software developers to see where they should improve, where they should work upon to make road mapping more common, more accessible. Because finally, it's a great tool to handle complexity. And in our world, I mean, we cannot complain about lowering complexity. And I do not see that in the coming years. Right. I no. This will rise further. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really important that if we have a, a new electric motor for our new next generation of vehicles, that we know when that's going to be out, where we're going to use that, and, and, and all the other design parameters around it to make sure we're aligned. And then we manage the very high likelihood that the timing of that or some specification around that might change. And we as an organization need to react to that. So road mapping is really important in that in that sense. So I looked at the study with both lenses as well. And I think uh, I think you I would say you achieved your objective if you wanted to have something that a software provider or a software developer could use to either create or improve a product they had. I I think there was there was a lot of stuff in there for that as well. So thank you for that. That's so nice to hear and yeah. a pleasure. <laughs> so Sven, I'm going to ask you one more question before we conclude our, our talk today. What else are you working on that's fun and exciting? Because I know you've probably got a lot of things you're, you're involved in. Is there anything you can share with us? Yes, I try to share everything that I do because this is how I hope to create impact. And one activity that I like very much at the moment is 
because we have a workshop in a few weeks from now and I'm also working on publication in that area because we see a lot of these analytical things in technology and innovation management. We have more data, automated data analysis. We have structured methods like the scenario technique, road mapping also. And there was the idea to how can we, let's say, open up the horizon and help organizations to create more ambitious visions and things like that. And this is why we did wider literature analysis on what methodologies exist in innovation and technology management that use aspects from science fiction. And we we have allocated these methodologies. We have found around, let's say, 20 approaches here. We have allocated those to the innovation process. This means from strategic development at the starting point, validating strategic objectives with the help of science fiction, collecting potential technologies and technological functions from science fiction for idea generation, and finally coming out here with, let's say, science fiction prototypes, or let's say using science fiction personas for testing product solutions. This is not how you should handle your entire innovation or technology management process. But from my perspective, this is a nice thing to add on and to complement analytical approaches. And the key point here is you really get people motivated (laughs) because there are a lot of science fiction enthusiasts. And I just just hosted a workshop on the R&D management conference where we tried to sketch an image of the future innovator using science fiction world. Like you imagine a science fiction world from a movie, from a book, and then you think about how does the product developer, how does the innovator look like in this world? And we collected the aspects and we are trying to sketch a story around the outcome of the workshop and we'll try to do something with it. That's being a science fiction fan as well. <laughs> I find it very, I'm one of those people that, that sits up in their chair when I hear you start to talk about that. So I think you will get a lot of people working in innovation who are, are interested in that. And I think it's a pretty neat idea. I'll be, I'll be curious to see how that works and what you learn and, and what you find as a, just an alternative way to look at, at some innovation that takes you out of the, out of the, we would say in English, out of the weeds, out of the, you're in the middle of it. You can't look at it from another angle. And this certainly would, would bring a different angle to looking at, at some, maybe some innovation that you're working on. So I, I think it sounds pretty interesting. And I wish you much success with that. I'll be, be following what you do in that. So Sven, people want to follow you and kind of keep track of, of some of those things like we just talked about. What's the best way to to kind of see, you know, just, just communicate with you or or keep track, you know, follow what you're doing? I mean, I'm quite active on, on LinkedIn. So a connection there is not a problem because my name is not very common. So first plus last name. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one other person existing who is called <laughs> that way that I know. ResearchGate is a good alternative for scientific publications. And if there are any more specific questions, I would propose just to just to get in contact with me and see what can be done together or if I can just provide the information required. Great. 
Well, Sven, thanks for stopping by. This was a lot of fun. It's it's always uh, always fun to talk to you because you're doing fun stuff. And again, thanks for the road mapping study and for working. I'm sure that was was quite a bit of work. I'm glad you've got some additional partners. You've got more respondents. You've got more things to say. That's that's all positive. So so congratulations on completing that work and a thank you for completing that work. And Sven, have a good week ahead and a good. A good summer as you as you go into it, and do please do keep in touch. And and when you have more interesting things, I'd always love to have you back. Thank you, Paul, for having me here. I mean, it's a pleasure. And perhaps we'll see each other here in some years from from now for the next update. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hopefully, sooner than the last. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. It's a lot of fun. And when you think about some of the things that Sven's working on. There's a, there's a lot of really neat stuff coming, but do check out the road mapping study and take a look at it. It's a very good read. There's a lot of good charts in there, a lot of good data to draw from. It's a very well done study. So in your own organization, if you're trying to position how effective is our road mapping or what should we do, I think the study is a very good guide to give you some insight for that. I wish you all a great week ahead. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.